Hi, this week on Papa PhD, I'm bringing you my recent conversation with Carrie Twig, career development coach, TEDx speaker, and author of The Career Stories Method. During our conversation, we talked about her book and about how her approach applies to PhDs transitioning out of academia and wanting to learn how to retell their research stories. Carrie also turned the tables on me and put my career journey under the microscope during our chat, which felt vulnerable at first, but was an interesting, refreshing exercise. I think you're really going to like this one. A lot of academics, you'll, you'll kind of talk about like what you studied or the name of your paper. You'll talk about that. And when people are hiring you for a job, they want to know how you work and what things you accomplish. And they want like specific examples. That's just not a name of a paper, right? Because you could have written a paper, uh, but I don't know if you're a great researcher. I don't know if you're ethical. I don't know if you like met the deadlines. I don't know like if you helped, you know, help people. So on a resume, they want to know like the how you work is more important than that you got published. Welcome to Papa PhD with David Mendez, the podcast where we explore careers and life after grad school with guests who have walked the road less traveled and have unique stories to tell about how they made their place in a world of constantly evolving rules. Get ready to go off the beaten path and hop on for an exciting new episode of Papa PhD. Welcome to this week's episode of Papa PhD. This week with me, I have Carrie Twig. Carrie is the founder of Career Stories. She's been helping people fi find and share their stories with confidence for nearly 20 years, seven in the career management sector. Carrie helps people figure out what makes them awesome and how that helps their career, whether they aim for a job job or running their own business. And if you're not sure what kind of work, She, uh, oh, and if you're not sure what kind of work, she helps with that too. She has taught at theaters, universities, and even a boathouse. And Carrie has now published a book very, very, very recently called The Career Stories Method. And uh, we'll talk about it during this show. So welcome to Papa PhD, Carrie. Good. So good to be here. Thank you. Uh, I want to say that Kerry is going to share uh, an exercise and a small meditation during the episode. So stick around and you'll have more than just info. You'll have things to practice after this great, this great conversation. Awesome. So Kerry, first, uh, I'm going to let you uh, introduce yourself a little bit better. Maybe ex explain a little bit better how you came to, uh, to uh, writing the book, Career, uh, the Career Stories Method, but also how, how you came to finding uh, this, this, um, vocation to help people find their path. Hoy, yeah. So I I actually believe that all like I think the people who are fantastic coaches never set out to be a coach. I think the people <laughs> who like want to be coaches, those are the ones I worry about because they they think it's like um I don't know they romanticize it. <laughs> And I always thought coaching was a bit corny. So I was resistant to even being one. Um but mainly I think I think the the biggest incident where I was like, I think, I think I could be a coach or I could mm -hmm. help someone was I was a, I was a drama teacher. So like okay. for a very long time. Um, and I was teaching an adult acting for film class and we were seven weeks into the program. And one of my students came to me and he said, Carrie, um, 
I got a promotion at work. And I was like, cool, like, congratulations. And he's like, and it's, it's because you in this class. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like what, like we're learning how to like slate, we're doing scenes, you know, from movies, like in this adult class. Um, And he said, yeah, it was, he's like, it's the exercises. And what you've taught me is like how to hold myself better, Mm -hmm. how to be aware of what I'm saying. Um, and my, my managers and my bosses have noticed that I'm carrying myself differently in the office. And now I've been promoted. Um, I think it was like, I don't think it was, I don't think it was a VP, but it was like a, like a senior role. Right. And it was, so it was a big promotion. And, and in my head, I had never, like I had connected um, teaching drama with, you know, helping people to figure out what's good about them and how to have confidence, but I'd never thought it would have a uh, real world. So that, (laughs) that was like the first little taste. Mm -hmm. I still, I kept working in the arts, um, made very little money. um, And so figured out a way, and we can talk about how I figured that out, Mm -hmm. but figured out a way of taking the skills that I was doing in a, in a classroom as a teacher to help people, to help people in their careers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because the, the whole, uh, the whole reason for Papa PhD is that uh, PhDs in different domains today, uh, and, and it changes the per- the percentage of people that that uh, go or stay or don't stay in academia changes with different uh, domains. In humanities, it's different. In like yeah. STEM, it's different. But still, a, a huge percentage of people finish PhDs and are faced with the fact that there's not that many spots for them uh, to be a professor afterwards yes. they can say uh they can stay uh, academia adjacent there's more spots there but then yeah. a bunch of us uh, either either do go to entrepreneurship or or get a job job like you said uh, you know yeah. and and have to have to kind of change culture change mindset change language change yeah. stories and that's yes. why you're here today yeah <laughs> and uh and it's interesting that you mentioned this moment where someone said something to you that that gave you an inkling that there was a different possibility for you and because for me and i think for other phds who are who are finishing especially the the last year or last two years are are difficult that's when you may start feeling okay am i you know am i going to be a a a researcher for life is this for me or is there something else else for me and is it was interesting to hear you say that because it really is a parallel to the the PhD experience, especially when you start thinking, okay, you know what? I don't think I'm going to be a, a professor. Now, what do I do? And yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I know you work with people uh, every day, and you coach people. Is this something you see? And is this uh, do you do you have some comment on this this moment of realization that things might have to change? Yeah. Well, I think. Like, I think traditionally when we think about like why, why someone even does a PhD, mm-hmm. <laughs> like what, like for you, what made you, what made you go into doing a PhD? I, you know what? I was teaching, I was TAing at a private university in Portugal and I saw yeah. what the professors taught and how, you know, the, the, I, I saw how different their engagement was with the subject and, and, you know, teaching the theory. And I wanted to do that. To do that, what, what did I need? I needed a PhD. Plus, right. I, I mentioned to you uh, before before we started recording. I, I've been a tinkerer. I, I when I was a kid, I wanted to be an inventor. Uh, I've I, there's this curiosity that, that was always there. So these yeah. two together of okay, you know what? I I, I like teaching in at the university level. I want to teach at another at another level uh, than than I am now. I need a PhD for that, and that that was kind of the the motivator at the time. Yeah. Okay. So. 
a lot of people do that. So they see, like, they look at what someone else is doing and they kind of go, oh, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, that will make me feel good. And then sometimes you go for it and you're like, oh, this doesn't feel good mm-hmm. because being a TA is very different than being a professor. And that path to becoming a fresh professor is just, it, I am <laughs> from people I've talked to, it's just, you're jumping a lot of hoops mm-hmm. and it's not, um, not great. I have um, my brother-in-law. What is he? He's like a dean of a college, okay. right? So like he like worked his worked and teaches like a little bit, but just mm-hmm. that like that game that you have to play. So sometimes you get into it, and how you thought it was going to feel is different. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you, um, yeah, like yeah. I think it's that. I think it's with the feeling. So if you make a career decision with your brain, right, and you're a mm-hmm. thinker, so if you make it, and you're like, this makes the most logical sense. The reason people leave jobs isn't because of their brains. It's about how they feel, mm. right? They're like, this is like, this is depleting me. I I feel um, some people just don't feel smart. Yeah. They feel like, uh, I don't know how long I can do this. Uh, they don't get, sometimes it's, if they're in the wrong place, could be like not getting recognition. So there's a lot mm. of things that when you are, when you're in it, that the reality feels different than what you, what you thought it would be. It's true, and one of the things you just mentioned of not feeling smart is re- is really a, it's a real issue, and that's why there's a lot of workshops now on on uh, imposter syndrome because it hits a lot of people, and even I uh, tell me if 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 in your experience uh, you've seen this, even people higher up who are who have a change in, in their career at a later time in in your in in their life they'll feel a, an imposter syndrome at that level because now they're comparing themselves to other people who've been doing it for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then they're new or even a feeling of they've reached a certain level and then they think like they did it maybe through networking or they stayed at the company long enough. And then Mm -hmm. they feel like they would never get that same level somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So a lot of, a lot of imposter. And, and if you got promoted, like if you got promoted because like, because of something that you didn't like doing, then imposter syndrome is even, even stronger (laughs) (laughs) because you're like, I've been faking it to get this far. Um, and I don't like it. What happens when I stop faking it? Will I get anything? Yeah, and and uh, what happens a lot when you get into grad school is, you know, people are different. You know, yeah. uh, people. Uh, you know, I, I've been talking a lot about uh, neuro neurodiversity, and you see a lot. You know, a lot of people who get to graduate school, including you, you know, are people who are thinkers, like you were saying. But don't people don't think alike? So someone. Uh, what happens a lot is you see someone at the bench beside you who's publishing like crazy in another lab and your project is not working and you're not publishing. So I, I must not belong here. That's probably it. There was a, a mistake. Yes. Someone just didn't read my CV right and they accepted me into the program because clearly I can't be like uh, oh. Joe there, right? Yeah. That's a big issue. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's a hard um, one. I remember like when I was doing my master's, I remember we did like a residency mm-hmm. and we all had to do different presentations. And I were sitting there and, and um, just feeling like everyone knew the material way better than I did. Like mm-hmm. they were, they were quoting and um, had research and examples. And I was like, Oh man, I teach completely by experience and gut. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not teaching like them. Um, but they did this really cool exercise in residency. So at the beginning of the week, everyone got uh, envelope with little cards in it, mm-hmm. and the card had the names of all the students in it. 
So you had an envelope full of cards with people's names. And when somebody was, well, our, our objective was throughout the week, we would watch the other students. And when they did something that we thought was significant, that we liked, whether it was, you know, through the work or a casual conversation, we were to write that compliment on the card. So at the end of the week, we got this envelope full of compliments about what <laughs> other people appreciated about us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had this, this one, and I, I wish I had it because I'd show you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she wrote, she wrote, Carrie, um, I don't know if you know this, but people stop when you talk. <laughs> when you talk, you command the room and it's like nothing else exists. And I was like, oh, wow. And a lot of the compliments were about you have something that, <laughs> that people pay attention to. You have mm-hmm. presence. Um, and I was like, oh, well, that's what's going to make me a better educator <laughs> because mm-hmm. I can actually <clears throat> yeah, engage and hold. And you're often blind to these things yourself, right? That's what's so unfair. Yeah. You're having this imposter syndrome because you compare, but the other people are like, oh my God, she's she's so much better to yeah. better than me at this. It's 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 crazy. It's a great exercise. I really love it. Yeah. And and I also loved that it wasn't like sometimes you do those like round circles where you have to like compliment each other. And mm-hmm. those just feel like fake. Mm-hmm. So this gave you a whole week with somebody, right? So you mm-hmm. could add a bunch of notes. Um, and I don't like, there's that exercise that's classic in career coaching that I hate, which is the, mm-hmm. like, go ask three people, like what they think your skills are. I hate that exercise <laughs> because I think when you ask them and you work with them or you go to school with them, they're going to write down the thing that they like and how they benefit. We're writing it from like looking, looking for their awesome had a different, had different vibe and I've held on to it. And I don't even know when I graduated like 10 years ago, <laughs> like I still hold it as like this, this is a beautiful, this is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And it's not forced. Yeah. People have, have the time and it's written. So there's no awkwardness. I love it. And I've done what you said of uh, this, giving sheets to a couple of, of, of uh, colleagues to, yeah, I've done it. It's, it's the value of it is uh, not, not, yeah. too, not a, that a much. Better, a better exercise, if you're not sure, like if you're like, Carrie, that's great. You had people who did this. A better exercise is to ask people do you remember a time when you were worked on a project with me or we were doing something together and I looked really happy or you felt like I was mm-hmm. in my zone? Because if mm-hmm. the, cause they'll notice that and that's what you want to know. Like, what? That's where great. am I in my zone? Yeah. Yeah, because and, and then they'll have to go to their memory instead of just, okay, what's, what are good things that I can say about David is – Oh, let me think. Oh, yeah, when he present, it's really yeah. I really yeah. like it. <laughs> I'm taking notes. <laughs> so now, okay. So you know the career stories method. It you, it just came out. It's like uh, almost hot of out of the presses. And yeah, and w- the big difficulty, and even sometimes psychological difficulty of of uh, PhDs when they figure out when they have this inkling of okay, I'm gonna have to look at what's out there and sometimes it's after their defense so Mm -hmm. because some of these programs are so intense that people don't get or don't think they have time during their phd to start doing these exercises and we're talking we're going to do some exercises later but one of the hard things and i I kind of said this before the, the recording but is it's like you're writing this book of you know, and I'm going to use my me. David is going to become a scientist and a researcher, and you know, and have a lab. And 
you start getting to the end of the PhD and say, okay, this book that I thought there was going to be three volumes, now I have to stop. And now I'm, it's a different book that I'm going to, that I'm going to start writing a different language, a different, you know, a, a different everything. And and this is what, why I think your I love your approach to this career issue, which which is rethinking or even thinking for the first time of your story and and making it useful for what comes next. Because if you take the book, the volume one, and you put it in the in the in the, the, the fireplace yeah. to burn because you say <laughs> I have to burn it because now it's something new, I think you know it's a it's a big missed opportunity there. There the you because all that those years and a PhD, as you know, can be depending on the countries, three, four, five, six, seven yeah. years of your life. Isn't it sad that you just leave, you know, that you just trash that and, and really have to start from scratch. And when people feel like that, it's really hard psychologically. Yeah. And I don't like, I don't think you can start from scratch. Like, I think it's a romantic idea, right? But I don't, you can't mm-hmm. like, it's still, it's still there. I think it's about finding, finding what's useful. So what you can carry, what, what you can carry forward. And then there might be pieces that there might be pieces that you let burn, right. And there might be mm-hmm. dreams that you're mm-hmm. going to go, okay, that's not, that's not it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that dream might've not even been really the dream anyhow. Like it, it's, it's just mm-hmm. the, the thing that was closest to it, like to what you thought you wanted to do. And it led you on the path um, that you didn't get that doesn't matter. <laughs> Right? when mm-hmm. <laughs> when something else might make you happier and you can have bigger mm-hmm. bigger impact with it yeah but a lot of the que- when i speak with students is how you know the, a lot of the questions are how for, how do i translate my skills you know i've been doing this and this technique and i'm t- talking about stem but i researched this particular subject how do i translate that to i don't know medical writing if you if that's where you, you're going to work to or you know uh, da- data science and it 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 makes it put it makes people anxious. Yes, because they they feel okay. I'm I'm going to be a total imposter in this new space. Yeah, like we said before. But what tricks you know, or tips or tricks you have to changing your mindset and and take thinking. It feels it sounds a little bit maybe corny, but make, take making a po- a positive out of a negative. So, in terms of mindset, because I think. If you go into the exercise with from a space of anxiety, fear, and negativity, it won't help you give a, a good image of yourself if you're interviewing for jobs. Yeah, and uh, it won't help you, you know, write a good CV or a resume or, or and and write a good cover letter. Can you? Do you have something that could help, uh, like people like still their mind and and put them in a space of creativity because they're gonna be they're gonna have to be a little bit creative right yes. to 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 approach this exercise of okay i'm changing spaces people will probably want to ask why i'm changing spaces i'm going to have a to have a story to tell them of yeah. of the why and of why am i going to be cool a cool member in their in their team yeah um so i think that one of the best ones um, is the I love myself meditation. And I like it because it's very accessible. I feel like anyone can do it and you don't need to like get a meditation cushion or any, like you can, if you want to, you know, make it a bigger deal. Um, but the, the meditation is simply um, find a piece of music that you really love. Mm. And it might, you know, might be like three to five minutes 
So can you think of a song that feels good to listen yeah. to? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you you want me to share? <laughs> yeah, well, you can. You don't uh, have to. <laughs> okay, okay. But yes, I I have it. I have it. Yeah. So think about a song, right? You don't have to share it, but that makes you like when you hear it, you feel you feel good. So it's already it, it's already like helping you get those positive feelings, right? Because if mm. you if you are depressed, it's hard to access those. So looking for places that are an easy place to get to, you know, feel positivity. Mm. So you know, put on your headphones. Put on your music and for the first like 30 seconds of listening to the song, just bring your attention to your breath. Sometimes it's helpful if you, you know, some people can pay attention to their breath. Um, some people find that hard <laughs> to do because they're like, mm-hmm. it, sometimes it makes people mm-hmm. seize up. <laughs> they immediately <laughs> are like, <laughs> and <laughs> so it, it can be helpful and, you know, sit on your couch You can put your hand on your belly. You can put another hand on your chest, Mm -hmm. right? And then just like feel the in-breath and the out-breath as you're listening to your music, right? So you're you're listening to that. And then next stage is that every time you inhale, you're going to say to yourself, I love myself. And every exhale, all the weird feelings you have from like, you're just like, this is stupid. (laughs) I feel like an idiot. This is a dumb (laughs) exercise. Just let that go with exhales. And every inhale... I love myself for the duration of the song and do that for a couple of mornings and just see how it, see if it changes how you're carrying yourself. Mm-hmm. For me doing that, I was, I, because we say so many negative things, it meant that every day, at least I was saying something positive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it was a really like easy way to, to dip in it. I could do it and like have a life so I could like drink tea and still, and still do it. So mm-hmm. I, like, and it didn't have all those obstacles of sometimes starting like um, a more formal practice, but that's one way of just starting to like change the story that you're telling yourself, mm-hmm. which is just like, I love myself. Um, if you want to up it, if you're like, I think I need more self-love every time you walk through a doorway, Tell yourself, like, don't say it out loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> your doorway, just like, I love myself. And at first it may feel really like corny and not great, but eventually you're going to be like, actually, yeah, I can give love to myself. And I think that that's a great place to start from, because if you don't love yourself, um, I don't know how you can, how you can go for your dreams or feel like you're worthy of better work. I don't know mm-hmm. how you can like, you know, convince other people that you are worth having around. If you're always mm-hmm. coming from a place of like, I'm a, I'm a stupid loser. Um, but if you can come from like, I love myself and I, I can do great things, even though it looks differently in my plan, at least you're mm-hmm. being gentle. Right. And mm-hmm. you don't need any more criticism during this time. <laughs> it's true. Uh, it, it's, it's a very simple one. So I think people should take note of it because it's like two, three minutes, right? It's exactly. the, the length of a song, so it's super easy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and the the the, the breathing. Uh, it's true that it's uh it's pacifying. Uh, yeah. and this thing of loving yourself in graduate school, you can easily fall into this trap of comparing with others. Yeah, but I think I you know I've I've had enough interviews on Papa PhD that the listeners know now that a lot of PhDs are doing different things, exciting things in different domains, and so. Also, talking with someone who uh, who has followed this path that you're now looking into, that has done it, 
uh, and that's uh, that's uh, uh, someone who either or either you maybe ad not that you admire but that you feel that it's accessible to you now it's easy to even on linkedin go yeah. just reach out to someone just ha knowing that someone out there has done what you are thinking of doing and is having a great life and is fulfilled and and is a great person that will probably also help reflect on you and 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 love yourself a little more instead of saying oh my god i'm a failure look at my colleagues they're publishing and they're going for postdocs and I, and i and i'm not yeah yeah and also like when like when you're in it so when you're in graduate school it feels like a like it's a like it feels like a bubble right so i have a mm -hmm. friend who's doing a phd right now and she was talking about um, this idea I had, and then she shared it with a professor. And then I think he shared the idea with someone else. And now the other person is changing their thesis to bring in my friend's idea. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, she's talking like it's, been, and I'm like, yeah, it doesn't like, it really matter. Like, and I know that it feels really significant in that moment. Um, but it really doesn't matter. Like when, when academics are writing resumes and then usually on a regular CV, they have like five pages of like articles and <laughs> research and things mm -hmm. that they've done, uh, you know, experiments we've been part of. And I'm like, eh, choose, choose one or two that are, that are relevant for this job. Mm -hmm. They're just like, oh, but it's so important. And I'm like, no, like not, <laughs> not, <it's> not. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes that con, like it can just, it can feel yeah, it can feel it can feel big <laughs> in that moment. Yeah, yeah, and that 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 you just, what you just mentioned, what the the academic CV versus a resume, it's a very it's a very good start like starting point for comparing the mindset change that you need to have once you're, you're leaving academia, right? Yeah, people who are going to read through a, a stack of resumes. They they're going to be turned off by by this by this other yeah. format that, that that's really formatted for academia, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, they don't love it. And then a lot of academics, you'll you'll kind of talk about like, um, like what you studied or the name of your paper or mm -hmm. like what like you'll talk about that. And when people are hiring you for a job, they want to know how you work mm -hmm. and what things you accomplish. And they want like specific examples. That's just not a name of a paper, mm -hmm. right? Because you could have written a paper, uh, but I don't know if you're a great researcher. I don't know if you're ethical. I don't know if you like met the deadlines. I don't know mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. if you helped, you know, help people. So on a, on a resume, they want to know like the how you work is more important than that you got published. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is oh, that's hard for an academic. It is. It <laughs> is. It is because the, the the way it works usually is is a list of the accomplishments and the publications and the posters and the, yeah. the oral you know the oral presentations. Yeah, it's the results, right? It's yeah. it's the data. <laughs> it's yeah. the data. And, and here we need to change. And this is the big challenge. And this is why why I also invite you. I invited you on the show. Is this you know being trained to to have this very data driven mindset yes and now you know finding you know understanding at a certain point in the in that journey that oh i'm going to have to to jump to this other space where yes i'll maybe i'll be i'll you know they'll need me to be able to treat data yeah but when i'm going to be interviewed that's not what they're going to be looking for what main um advice do you have for people to start preparing themselves for this change in in language and, and in how they present themselves yeah so um well it i will say that if you're going for like a data job 
Mm-hmm. The, there usually is like the HR side where they want to like know that communication and soft skill stuff. And then there's usually a data guy and that data okay. guy will let you speak your old language. <laughs> okay, <just> cool. be, <laughs> I, I was at, what did I, uh, data science go this like conference for like data scientists. Um, and I was backstage with other speakers, but a lot of them did hiring like at tech companies. And I was talking about like, how do you interview? And they're like, Oh, HR wants me to ask these soft questions, but I just want to know, you know, when did you fail? <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> what did you do um, after you failed? Because that mm-hmm. matters more than anything. And I was like, this is so good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So if you, if you're trying to change the language, the first start I would start with um, it's first step in the book. It's mm-hmm. uh, index card method. And it's how I figured okay. out, like how to move from being in the arts to moving to like an HR career, like career coach space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it takes a little bit of meditation, but it's basically going and asking yourself. So I, I said, like, get into a quiet position and then ask yourself, when was a time that I felt alive doing my work? And so, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes if people have, have worked, I'll say, you know, when was the day you left work feeling really proud of what you did if you're, if you've just been like a student the whole time, not just, but if you've only been a student the whole mm-hmm. time, it might be, when did I feel alive when I was working on a project? What was I doing specifically? And get really specific and then write that story on like the front of an index card, like just, mm-hmm. and then you're done for that day. Next day, come back and just go, when was the time I felt really alive, felt happy, like I was in the zone doing my work and then write a specific mm-hmm. example down and then do that for seven to 10 days. Okay. At the end, you're going to have seven and you'll like this is data. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll have seven to <laughs> 10 stories and hopefully by giving yourself some space and the date, like not trying to write a list all at once, you might access a story that you, you never really think about, but you're like, I was mm-hmm. really happy. <laughs> Like I was really happy in that moment. Maybe mm-hmm. it's like I loved evenings marking papers, right? Like maybe okay. it's something something simple, but you'll be honest. And mm-hmm. then after seven to 10 days, look at the story and then go, what skill or strength did I use? Mm-hmm. And write those on the back of the card, right? So for each story, write out the skill and strength. Before going on and digging a little deeper into this index card exercise, I just wanted to thank you for being a listener of the show. My goal with these conversations is to provide you with at least one take-home message, one actionable item you can apply in your personal and professional development. And I really believe you'll have more than one in this episode. I also want to bring you value by making improvements to the show. For example, for you who are a new listener, I've just curated themed collections of episodes I call Starter Packs to allow you to catch up on all the conversations and easily find the ones that interest you. You can find them by visiting papaphd.com forward slash start. And I have big plans for the podcast in 2021, like improving the accessibility of each interview by having someone prepare and upload clean transcripts, or being able to better thank guests for their generosity and time coming on the show. Bringing Papa PhD to you every week in the current format is a lot of hard work. So to help keep the project afloat, I've set up a new way for you to support the show. A Patreon. To be clear, you don't have to be a patron to listen to Papa PhD. It's free and it will always be. 
and you have my profound appreciation for tuning in each week and for talking about the show with your friends. But for you who want to help me maintain the quality of the show and potentially bring to life some of the cool ideas I have for it, you now have a simple way to do so. Just go to papaphd.com forward slash Patreon and choose your tier. Or create your own. Again, thank you for being a listener. Now, let's get back to my conversation with Carrie Twig. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Because I, I had a PhD that, where things went wrong a lot for a, lot for a long time. Yeah. And I, if you had asked me that question, even if you asked me today to go back to that, to yeah. travel back to that time, I I might have a hard time finding uh, this moment where, where I was alive. But I have a, a question for you. What if the story is I took part in this outreach, uh, this outreach um, uh, thing at schools that I felt really alive at that time? That's is right. that does that count? Write it or down. Or I yeah. I was part of this. Uh, we 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 had this group uh, trying to to you know look at the. Um, the, the biotech stock market and uh, it, it was really cool and engaging. I mean, does that count too? That's yeah. So it doesn't. So if you find that in the, the, what you've been studying and the, you know, traditional work of what you're doing or what you're like writing your papers on, if that doesn't, you don't have any examples, but it comes from elsewhere, man, then you're just confirming for yourself, you're on the right track, <laughs> like that you <laughs> should be rethinking your trajectory, right? Like you should be, because none of the joy is actually coming from like doing doing the thing. So it can come elsewhere. It could also come from maybe like very, very early, very, very early on in your career. Mm. Um, and yeah, it may not be. And right now we're not trying to think of like resume stories or strategic. We're just trying to get in touch with, Hey, what's the thing that that actually makes me happy when I'm doing it? So, do you have? Can you think of a specific? Well, example? I can I can think of of actually results like finding like finding that some hypotheses that we had that we had posed that it was that that it happened once once we did the the experiment that I I, I can think of some of those then taking part of of the brain awareness week and going to schools for sure was yeah. was, a, okay. was a highlight do you want to tell for me sure. tell me one kind of in more detail choose one <laughs> in more detail yeah oh my gosh I I I want to uh I don't want to go back to the data, but I haven't looked at the thesis for a while, but it was <laughs> doing these slices of olfactory uh, epithelium of, of the mouse yeah. and finding that in this mutant, the, 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 re, the, you know, the number of cells that we expected to be reduced because that was the, the expected phenotype yeah. as we had predicted that yes, there was a reduction and there was, it was statistically significant. That was, that was, uh, yeah, that was a, a big moment internally for me. Yeah. So was the moment, like, did you find the joy in like setting, setting up that test or setting up the experiment? I don't know the right words, but mm -hmm. like setting yeah, it up, yeah. right. So setting it up was the joy in the setting it up was it in the testing or was it in getting the results and having something confirmed? It was getting the results and, and, and confirmation that, you know, my thinking was right. And, and yeah, and uh, that, you know, that uh, it was more in the confirmation of, because yeah. a lot of this, yeah. you, you have to do a lot of steps where everything's invisible. And then at the end, you go to the, to the, the microscope, you turn on the fluorescence, and that's the moment when you see whether it worked or, or yeah. not after all the treatment and all the stuff that you did, right? Yeah. So when you are doing it, do you feel like, um, like, do you, do you feel that just getting the result, like having an idea, but if you weren't the person doing it, when you turned on, 
when you turn, like, you're like, I think this is it. Someone else did all the, <laughs> did all mm. the stuff that you're like the middle stuff that you can see and then got the result. Would you still get that same feeling or was it the being involved? I have a great story to answer that. Okay. <laughs> so I finished my PhD yeah. without articles, without any articles, with the, the thesis and I defended it. It's, it, it was done. And six years later, yeah. I get an email yeah. from development journal and it says your co-author in this article, can you please give your authorization, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I was like, <laughs> emotional shock. <laughs> and I start, I keep reading and it's the follow-up from my PhD. Okay. Six years later. Yeah. And I, I cried. I, I, it was, it was an emotional moment. Oh. And I called my, my boss and I, you know, it was, it was very emotional. Yeah. And so I think you have your answer. You know, I have, you know, someone, other students came after me, uh, worked on that. My name is now there on the paper. Yeah. But I, I still had some, um, uh, okay, uh, now the word is escaping me, but it, it was some, it was comforting to see, man, after all, you know, I was on the right track. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, uh, uh, because the, the thing with, with this thing of PhDs, you work so hard at it that if, if you, for for someone who's very intent on, on staying in academia, not not staying can be can be a kind of a life failure. You you know. Yeah. And uh, so even though it was six years later, I had done medical writing. I was do, now doing translation in the biomedical domain. It was very emotional to me. Oh. So I think that answers your question. I right? love it. Cool. Yeah. So what what skills or strengths do you see in that story? So if that was written on the front of an index card, what would we? What skills or strengths would we be writing? What do you see? I'll tell you what I see. But what do you see in that really <laughs> loving confirmation that you're right? <laughs> so I, I must say, this is the first reverse interview that I have. <laughs> the first what? Reverse interview. Oh, yeah. I am not... <laughs> People learn more, like because I can see right out the stories. But the art in it, because writing out the story is is one thing. Digging deeper and getting ultra specific Mm -hmm. is where the like is where the magic will happen. So this is we're teaching people. But what skills do you feel like or strengths in that from in that in that experience of of uh, of receiving the 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 information that news and and doing that. First, I was really, and I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to answer. I'm not finding a real good answer to what you're asking, but I was really happy for the person who's who was publishing. I was happy also for my lab for for publishing the article. That was yeah. a, a first thing, kind of a a gratitude or a, a you know a warm feeling towards them in that moment. Yeah. Um, it's not. I know it's not a skill. I know it's not. It's not. It's not what you asked me, but. Um, it again. It was kind of kind of confirmation of my my intellectual abilities, <laughs> uh, in a way. So yeah. Hmm. It's diff- Wow. I, I'm I'm stumped to to uh, answering your question. And yeah. So know. what I like what I see is so. What's cool about this is that it's kind of like it's kind of a an abnormal story in that yeah. it's really about like, you love the result. Whereas often mm-hmm. I'll ask people and they're like, Oh no, it was the like sleepless nights that I like, like, mm-hmm. you know, getting pizza with my, <laughs> my friends. And then the result came like they, they love the the collaboration, but you really mm-hmm. love like the recognition and feedback. And I, I know because you, you mentioned that your other story was about this outreach. I mm-hmm. bet you that outreach will highlight different skills, which is why we want to use seven and dig into them. But for Mm -hmm. this one, I would just say like, like, 
noticing that you love, um, like having high status or having recognition is important. And that Mm -hmm. any job that you go into, you want to make sure that you get to have that. Any job Mm -hmm. where you don't get to see the results, you're not going to be happy with. So it's a good, like, just like you need to have it, right? I think it also shows like the, the depth, like that you need to have depth in your work. That you're not Mm -hmm. interested in like surface level, like this is a cute theory, but like Mm -hmm. you need, your work needs to be significant (laughs) and Mm -hmm. needs to Mm -hmm. like, you have that. Um, And I would also want to just be like, I want to say it's follow through, right? So that you can, you can have an idea and you, and you take it the whole way. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I'm writing down as skills. Mm. So for every, to come back to the exercise. So for every story, you look at that, like, yeah, dig in. What was the specific moment? Like what? Oh, it was that. Okay. And then, you know, what skills or strengths is that connected to? And then write down as many as you can. If you do that for seven stories, you're going to have all these cards um, or you're going to have all these cards with lists of skills and strengths. Look at Mm -hmm. those and go, which three or four pop up the most. So if you notice, like maybe this one story, it's the only one you have that's related to these skills, but your rest of their stories are about like deep research or collaboration or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, testing then you go, oh, this is just a supporter thing that's important, but the other ones is what I want to lead with. That becomes your new career brand, okay? right? So that you're like, I'm really happy at work when I'm doing this, 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 or the way mm-hmm. I contribute the best to the world is this skill, this skill, and this skill. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't need to be something that you share right away because you, you have to fine tune you know, examples and, and what everyone else, like what the sector is saying. But it's a, it kind of gets you over imposter syndrome because you've already done these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gives you, like, I have clients who write it, who write out their, like, I'm really super at, and they name their three <laughs> things. Mm-hmm. When I did it for myself, I was like, oh, I'm the, I'm the happiest when I'm, when I'm helping people. Mm-hmm. I'm the happiest when I'm building programs. And I love to problem solve with people like alongside, like in the muck of it. Okay. Right. Like asking you, like, what was the moment? <laughs> like, that <laughs> yeah, is, yeah, yeah. like, I love that. <laughs> right. You so, thrive in that space. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like, let's get down to like the real deep. So, that is a way of, of figuring out, you know, how you're going to contribute so that, like, no matter what job I had, and I've had jobs where, um, like, I was a drama teacher, I've also been, like an accounting assistant. I've also been mm-hmm. a program manager and a policy analyst. Like all those jobs had different titles, different sectors from like arts to HR to government. And in all of them, the thing that I was super at was helping people <laughs> building mm-hmm. programs mm-hmm. and solving problems. That's so interesting. Right? That's so it cool. just looked different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny. It makes me think a bunch of people I've, I've crossed paths, paths with and even students or people who've been on the show they uh, they tell the story of you know oh everyone came to me to edit their papers yes. and I, you know and I I loved that and guess what now they're in com- in science communication yes. or in medical writing so yes. I I totally see where this is going with with the cards and uh, it, it's uh, it's a really interesting way to to go at it so once you you have these I'm good at or uh, I'm super at this yes you you it's kind of your your superpowers right that yeah. you that yeah. you kind of have that you know exists. Yes. 
and that you didn't know before existed yeah because because yeah. they're hidden in the the whole detail the details of everything of, of the whole story yeah okay. and you might have like and you might before have said you know i'm a data scientist well that doesn't mm-hmm. matter nobody knows what that is <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, scientists don't know right because this there's it's so new it's such a new thing right mm-hmm. so you can't lead with like i'm doing a phd in like you know whatever because mm-hmm. There's because so, people don't really understand, but if you can just be like, oh, I, I'm super at helping people, you know, solve problems through testing, like, you know, and I'm doing a PhD in this, that at least people know, like have some, some idea about how you do it and what your strengths mm-hmm. are. And mm-hmm. they have something mm-hmm. they can ask you questions about. Mm-hmm. Right? No, that, that's super cool. And, uh, you, you know, your book is very well structured and there's steps to follow. Yeah. But, um. Let's keep on talking uh, uh, about about this and because now I'm thinking of of things I've heard stories I've heard from people who've been in interviews yeah and who've been asked and different people yeah. but this kind of this question but but you're a PhD why are you here you know why aren't you gonna want to go back to research in a year two years from now yeah how do you deal with that because some one of the things that's maybe difficult uh I my I consider myself an introvert. I know a lot of people around me in this in the, the the research space were also not everyone, but there was a trend, let's say. <laughs> and there's a work that needs to be done sometimes in some conversations of convincing the other person that forget about forget about my PhD. Look at me, yeah. and and yes. I'm the right guy or I'm the right yeah. girl, yeah, or you know I'm the right person for this position. Yeah. So that's like, it can be in a lot of places, but that's basically, I call it your leaving story. <laughs> it's the mm-hmm. like, why I'm not doing this thing that I've, <laughs> I've been doing. This is my leaving story. Um, and you can tell that story. So you can tell it in an interview. You can also tell that story on LinkedIn. You can tell that story in a cover letter. You can, you can have that story. So you can basically say like, if someone was like, why would I want to hire a drama teacher <laughs> to <laughs> like to be a career coach, right? Mm-hmm. Or be a con- career consultant. What does that have to do with it? Then I could say, um, so while most of my experience has been like as a drama teacher, what I realized is that I, I really wasn't teaching drama. What I was mm-hmm. doing is I was helping people to um, find their voice. I was helping have people feel confident in their body and that was having life-changing effects on them. Mm-hmm. And I found I had more joy in helping people do that, that the limits of the, the, the limits of the theater aren't good enough <laughs> that I want, I have to do that worldwide. And so I've decided to, you know, focus on HR where I think it would have the biggest impact. Right. So I think it's just explain like coming back to those core skills and strengths of, yeah, I was doing a PhD, <laughs> like, yeah, I was doing a PhD. Mm-hmm. Um, and You know, I loved p- parts of it, but through I realized that it was actually um, when I was when I was teaching students or when I was going out um, to workplaces to, sh- to share this information. Um, and when I was coming up with learning materials to help translate some of the basics mm-hmm. that I loved it. And then I went, oh, why don't I just like transition to training and development? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So you're you you're explaining it there. So not only have these stories about the the classical thing about a, a moment difficult moments where you solved something et cetera et cetera but also having this story of of why you're ch- you're writing this new chapter and you're closing the 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 yeah. other one and even 
sorry, but even you can even uh, introduce yourself that way. Like I, I was a PhD, like I was a PhD student mm-hmm. studying this, uh, but lately I've grew, gotten really interested in like the new thing. So you mm-hmm. can even, you can even do that. Start, yeah. start there. And on LinkedIn, it can be the same, right? Like after spending the last eight years, you know, conducting mm-hmm. research mm-hmm. on this, <laughs> I realized the thing that I loved was boom. And then, you know, talking about your expertise in these skills that you've been modeling, you just haven't been focusing on. Yeah. Well, uh, time flew by, <laughs> like I, I can't even understand how, but um you know, we 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 started with the ex- the the, car- the cards exercise, which is the fir- the step one, yeah. yeah, step one from your book. Um, can you talk a little bit more about the career stories method? Yeah, and um, and maybe share where people can can find the book. Yeah, so the method walks you through. So first cards, then you go into the I love myself, so you're feeling good. We go into values and what are the possible what are possible jobs that you could do. And then it brings you to a point where you can make a decision about what you should test and experiment. So it's not making a decision and then being like, this is the new thing, but let's test it first, right? Which all scientists like, because you got to feel it in your body first. Yeah. <laughs> um, you craft your experiment. Then when you know, when you're sure about what the next thing is, then that's the time to start crafting your like interview answers and your resume and all of those things. So it's, you know, I would say if, the whole process, you don't start the marketing bit till you're 80% done exploring. Right? And then you can start writing the stuff. I think people start writing it so, so easily uh, or so early. They start with their resume and like, it's, it's way, it's way further. Um, yeah. So, and then the book walks you through like how to, how to write a resume, how to show up on LinkedIn, how to craft interview answers, all using your stories. And then okay, based um, on the based on the work you did at the beginning. Yeah, right. So how do you carry those through? But also like, yeah, you're going to pick up industry keywords, and you're going to find out about like ATS systems for resume scanners. And like what what words because academic language is different than industry language. Mm -hmm. Right? So what words do you have to stop using? That's a big one. And start (laughs) using Yeah, like when I moved from arts to HR, I used to say, um, you know, all the students I worked with were participants, they're participants mm-hmm. and students mm-hmm. um, in HR language, they're clients. <laughs> so, okay. right. Like okay. just slight, you know, like, so I even had a list of words that I had behind, I'm looking at the wall behind me. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. why I posted it of words that the industry was using that I needed to okay. make to, to use. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the book walks you through like the exploration how do you set up some sweet habits so you feel good as you do this? And then mm. once you know, what's the practical of actually landing the job? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you also uh, are on, well, people can find you on LinkedIn yeah. uh, and, and on other platforms. We, we can share that more towards the end. Yeah. But uh, you also have your website where you offer more than just what's on the book. Can, do you want to talk a little bit about that? About oh, it's ba- I'm like it's really what the book. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's different <laughs> levels, right? So mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. people learn well just by like reading a book and implementing. Mm-hmm. Some people are like, eh, I need to have a little bit of interaction. So I have a membership mm-hmm. where people can do the method alongside, um, okay. and then I have I have coaching. So where we're doing the same exercises, but you're getting like my feedback and input, right? So if you're mm-hmm. like what are 10, like, these are my skills and my interests. What are 10 possible jobs? 
if you can't think of that yourself, like <laughs> I can go, well, have you tried this, this, and this, right? So kind of a range. Yeah. But the book is a great place. It's a great place to start to see what you can figure out, you know? What I what I love about the the format of the book is that it's exercises. So again, if, for for us, especially coming from from the, the from the research side, yeah. it's gonna, it's a, it's fun to go through because you 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 will really you have uh, uh, you know spaces to write. Uh, you have you know it, it's it's a it's an activity. It's activity, yeah. It's an activity. It's activity based, and I think that that improves retention and that improves how you engage with the exercise too. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and I'm saying the exercise, I mean, the whole book, the yes. whole process. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's a book, it's a book to do. Um, yeah. It's funny when you sell a book, you're trying, you have to try and get people to like write a review quickly, you know, <laughs> and then yeah. all these people are like, well, I stopped at page 13 to make my cards. And I'm like, well, I'm going to be doing that for 10 days. Like, <laughs> no. so so, you know. <laughs> just please skim through. Just, I know in the book I say, take your time, but can you? <laughs> <laughs> Give me five stars and then come back. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, this this is a great system for specifically for uh, the the people who are listening. Beautiful, because it's it's really it's really a, 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 a question of changing and changing stories. It is. Yeah, you are on this track, and then you're going to have to move to something different. And the fear that that's out there, the the anxiety comes from. But I don't know this other space, mm -hmm. but. I'm a stranger in this other space. Can I can I contribute to this new to to this new thing? And and the, the answers you'll find them within yourself. A lot of them in the book, also through the exercises, and it's retelling to yourself the story because there's a lot of negative self talk about. Well, and there's people also who end up not finishing their PhD. Yeah. It, there's a percentage, you know. Yeah. And often that's that bears heavy on their shoulders for years. Yeah. Of, Uh, I failed at this, you know, whereas my colleagues, you know, su succeeded. Yes. And, and I think there's always, and tell me if you agree, but in life, there's always possibility of looking back and taking lessons from what, from the past and kind of burning uh, any, any negativity in, in the, in the bonfire of, <laughs> of like an, of oblivion and, and starting something new with the good stuff that you took from there. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't let it like, and even if that negativity comes up, you can locate it in your body. Like you can, like, if you have a pang of like, Oh, I'm a loser. Take mm. a second and just go, wait, where do I feel that? Mm. Like, just see if you could like, cause like, I know if I get a rejection email, like I feel it right in my throat. I'm like, Oh, there it is. <laughs> and then I'm like, Hey, let's just breathe into it. So it does. It means like, bad things are going to happen. My first reaction mm. might be like, <gasps> and then I'm going to feel it. And I'm going to breathe into it and then be like, is this really, is it really that bad? No, I can mm. deal with it. Right. But um, yeah. So a lot like those things, pangs can come up, but they don't have to, they don't have to dictate what you do, no. <laughs> you know, but, but often, often they do. And yeah. this comparison with others, I think is a big factor in this. Yeah. But if, if you start having these routines of, of, of loving yourself and of seeing the good things, And and of of extracting the the good from what what from the dross of, of negativity. Yeah, I think you you can you can uh, reshape your professional life and you know even your your personal one. You know you know uh, so, some we I don't think we need to go into that, but you know <laughs> bad relationships with someone or some uh, grudge. You can work that. You can 
you can do work on that and 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 come out winning and come out growing up yes i love that <laughs> oh my god this got a, a bit deep i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> um it's your Carrie. depth it's your nature depth. <laughs> <laughs> well uh well anyway i i could comment and and you know, know. relationships yeah. with supervisors uh it could be relationships with you with the, your parents there's there's so many things in life that can fester but I, I think and you're talking about breathing and and focusing on breathing and thinking of where these pains are anyway i think it, we could do a whole other show just on that <laughs> Carrie, if people want to find you, want to reach out to you, want to ask you a question because they they have a burning question after listening to you on this on this show, how and where can they find you? Um, so my website is careerstories.com, career-stories.com. Uh, but I'm also like LinkedIn or Instagram. I'm like I'm not on there all the time, uh, but usually like every two days I'll be checking messages. So you can send me a quick message there. Yeah, I'm usually around. I'm pretty, I'm an introvert too, but I really love to share. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so I'm around. <laughs> yeah. And uh, anyway, this this uh, thing, uh, you know, anyway, I, I, I'm going to have a last question for you and okay. it's related to, to this COVID pandemic thing. Mm. But I think a lot of us who are introverts may have had an advantage of, of being introverts at this time because the extroverts are probably burning with desire to go out and socialize. And us, we we're like, we double down into, okay, maybe increasing our presence online, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, it is like, so I feel terrible that it's killed people and people have it's, lost jobs like that terrible. But yeah, the it, introvert, like I have yeah. a lot of friends that are introverts and we're just like, nothing's really changed. I just... <laughs> Like I just have to, the pressure of having to be out there mm-hmm. is 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 different, right? But I yeah. I found it. Um, I've gotten a lot done, but I'm one of those. Mm-hmm. I'm an overachiever <laughs> type. So I wrote a book. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Now, what I was going to ask is uh, a lot of people out there. We're talking about careers, yeah. and uh, you know, there's you know hiring freezes. There's programs uh, that have stopped get taking PhDs in people uh, are maybe a little more stressed than usual now am i going to get a job am i going to be able to yeah to come out of 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 this you know i'm graduating what's happening next do you have some word or words of uh, of uh, advice to uh, you know or some something they can do they can focus on right now that will help them whenever this subsides to to like resume their their career uh, career development or career exploration activities. Yeah. Because now it's it's hard, you know, it's, it's yeah. difficult. Uh, I think the biggest barrier I see students doing um, is thinking that they have to be done their school before they connect mm-hmm. with people in the industry. And that's like wrong. <laughs> so just mm-hmm. like, and you're going to have a better chance of actually um, speaking with people who have jobs, like who, who are decision makers like if they have a job right now available, you don't want it because you're in school, mm-hmm. but you could start to nurture those relationships, right. And introduce yourself and mm-hmm. start sharing, like sharing content about, you know, your topic or about projects and what your role was like starting to share, like demonstrate the story so that mm-hmm. when you're ready, you have people who like have you on a waiting list that they can't wait to hire you mm-hmm. instead of just meeting you when you're done. So you yeah. can, you can share and not like, you don't have to share every day. But even if you thought like once a week, thinking about your three skills, how could I demonstrate one of these three skills in a, in a post, 
in a comment, like it doesn't need Mm -hmm. to be creating fresh, but in a comment, um, how could I be, or, or in like an introduction to some, like some kind of a networking. And if every week you model those, cause you don't want them to just know one skill, mm-hmm. right? So if you're like, if you're about depth collaborate, I don't know what your other skills are, but I'm going to say like depth mm-hmm. collaboration um, uh, and creativity, then you want to have a post that shows depth. So you tell a story about deep research or here's an, here's a new um, article. That's really cool share that with a couple thoughts the next day be like um you know something i do to stay creative is this personal habit share a post on that and it's collaboration maybe someone talks about a collaboration story and you write a comment Mm -hmm. so those three actions you're already modeling your three skills so people know how you work and what you're good at even before you're out there Mm -hmm. and plus you're not doing it at a moment where you like and I'm looking for a job exactly. now. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So they won't have that feeling of, oh, this person wants something from me yeah. at this point. Yeah. But you yeah. want them to know it. you. And I'm way more generous. Like when a student is like, I'm studying career coaching and want to connect with you. Mm. I'm I'm just like, oh, they're just starting out. Then a coach is like, I just launched my business. Like, and I'll, <laughs> I, I like, uh, and I want to know you. And can we talk about how you built a business? I'm like, nah, like for the student, <laughs> like it's. It has a different yeah. energy to it, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, again, and I, I re- repeat this all the time on the show, people on LinkedIn are so willing to help and yes. to talk yeah. with you. So don't miss that opportunity. Yeah. And, twi- and Twitter too. If your people aren't. It's true. Like they're not, if they're not on LinkedIn, go check on Twitter because you'll probably form, find more like, <laughs> you find, you find a lot of PhDs there, but though like people are sharing resources and ideas That's all true. the time. So um, if they're and not the academic on LinkedIn, Twitter is very rich. Yeah, yeah. If they're not, um, if they're not on one platform or you're not getting any, any traction in one, don't be afraid to, to go look. <laughs> it's great advice. We're all in front of our computers these days. So I follow Carrie's advice and it's simple and you, you'll see results with time. Yeah. And don't go in expecting the results, but you'll see it's 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 something positive is going to come from it. Yes, absolutely. Kerry, I wish we had more time. <laughs> this was great. I, I had a again. I had this first experience of being interviewed in, in my interview, which was awesome. <laughs> uh, I think uh, there's there's a cool ex the cool the cards exercise is an important one and is a, a, fun, a fundamental one for the for the whole uh, this whole career exploration thing. Thank you for having shared it. Shared it. There's always also this moment of meditation, which also can help a lot of people. Thank you so much for having been so generous to come here, and uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep following you, uh, probably on on LinkedIn, uh, and uh, I'm gonna see if I'm able to go through through the book. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Thanks for having me. It's been good. And now it's that time when I offer you new sciencey podcasts to discover. Today you will hear the trailers for the Petri Dish podcast and for Curiosity Cake. Roll the tape. Ich bin ein Science! Science! Cannabinoids! Genetics! Coronavirus! Dogs! This is Petri Dish. Science! Science! We're a science podcast exploring complex subjects with clarity and evil humor. Join the scientific revolution! Join Petri Dish, dropping every Monday on anchor.fm slash Petri Dish. I was always one of those curious kids. I had the chemistry set, a microscope, a telescope. I would take my toys apart to see how they worked. 
And now that I'm a grown-up, I still have that huge sense of curiosity. If you too are an adult who was a curious kid, then Curiosity Cake is made for you. I'm your host, Lee Delaney. Join me as I talk to the best minds from academia and elsewhere to bring you accessible and engaging conversations across a wide range of topics with no prior knowledge required. I'll be asking questions such as, can nuclear fusion become a viable source of sustainable clean energy? Is it possible to create careers that fit our interests and personalities? And how can we know how to eat well with so much conflicting nutrition information? You can enjoy a slice of Curiosity Cake by subscribing on your favourite podcast app or via the website curiositycake.co.uk. All you need is a cup of tea and a fork. And that's it for this episode of Papa PhD. Thanks for tuning in, happy sharing, and see you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Papa PhD podcast. Head over to papaphd.com for show notes and for more food for thought about non-academic postgrad careers. I'll always be happy to share inspiring stories, new ideas, and useful resources here on the podcast. So make sure you subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to always keep up with the discussion and to hear from our latest guests. Papa PhD.